Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of How's We Manage, where we aim to inspire, bring joy, and teach you ways to better manage yourself. My name is Brittany Schrift, and today I think I'm going to make a lot of housers happy because I'm going to be covering probably one of, I would say, the most requested topics our team gets when it comes to things like this podcast and just like virtual training courses, and that is communication. And well, that is a huge and expansive topic that we could create hundreds of podcast episodes on. What we're going to be digging into in this episode is what I say is a mixture of both interpersonal communication and kind of strategic communication. So specifically, I am going to teach you, arguably, one of the best things that you can do in regards to your communication that will help you develop better, stronger relationships that will absolutely make you more effective at work. And what exactly is that, you ask? It is how to adapt your communication style to meet the needs or preferences of those around you. So your leader, your coworker, your team members. And what I love about what I'm going to talk about is that it's pretty simple to wrap your arms around and understand. What makes it hard is that people forget to actually do it or commit to trying it. So keep that in mind as we move through this episode. But with that, let's just jump right in. So like I mentioned a minute ago, communication comes up a lot as a topic in terms of requests that we get. And that shows me that you all already understand on some level why it is so important to be consistently working on improving it. And if you didn't know, effective communicator is actually one of our competencies here at House because our business leaders believe it's really that essential to our success and supports the overall competency theme of people which is all about building relationships, optimizing talent, and influencing others. So to do these things, to build relationships, to optimize the talent that exists within our company, and to really influence other people, it requires a strong level of communication. And truly, communication is one of the most essential components to healthy and impactful relationships, both in and out of work. It is just impossible to get close to another human being or create trust, rapport, respect without communication. It is quite literally the currency with which we're able to navigate the ins and the outs of an organization and really life in general. And similarly to many skills in life, we often believe that we're much stronger at it than we actually are, which is due to our ego. And that is somewhat normal. But that's also why self-awareness goes really hand in hand with communication, because it's so important to have an accurate assessment of truly how strong you are at it. There is no shame in recognizing that maybe you struggle with, let's say, delivering feedback, or it's really hard for you to be direct, or maybe you have the opposite problem where you're too direct, or maybe you talk too much in conversations and people tend to tune you out. Whatever it is, we all have our weak spots, but being aware of them is, of course, the best way to improve them. And so with that being said, one of the biggest communication pitfalls that I see so often, especially in the workplace, is that as humans, we tend to communicate with other people the way in which we prefer them to communicate with us. So as an example, you might be someone that prefers people to be extremely blunt and direct with you. And so because you prefer that style and react the best to that, 
as humans, you know, we would probably lean towards also being direct and blunt in our communication with other people. The problem with that is that does not take into account the other person's preferences. If they prefer the complete opposite, so let's say as an example, they prefer a more prefer a more gentle approach, um, then you being direct and blunt, it's just not going to land well. And by not going to land well, um, I mean, there are a number of different things that can happen. They could be confused or misunderstand what you're trying to say. It could cause an emotional reaction, which can cause them to tune you out. They can get distracted. Really, there are so many different types of disruptions or potential disturbances. And the study of communication, they specifically use the phrase noise for those situations. And any of those scenarios happening where they're tuning you out or they get confused or they get emotional or they miss what you're saying, um, none of those are really conducive to success in the workplace and, again, to relationships in general. So one of the best things you can do to prevent this, to minimize the noise, the disruptions, the miscommunication, is to do your best to figure out other people's preferences and adapt your communication to meet them. If we all work to adapt to other people's preferences, then we're kind of just meeting each other in the middle and we're going to have the highest rate of communication success. And this is important not only for collaborating with coworkers or people in different departments, but also for any of my leaders or my managers that are listening into this episode. I think you all understand at this point that you just can't use the same methods and manage the same exact way with all of your team members. They each require different leadership styles, and communication is no different to that. Another way I can illustrate this is if you have ever heard of the five love languages. It's a book and involves a quiz people can take to determine what their main love language is. So do they they prefer, mostly prefer, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, gift giving, or quality time? The book has permanently been on bestseller list since I think the 90s, really, uh, because it's just that impactful. And the premise is really um, teaches you how to become aware of your own love language and then also your partner's and then teaches you to make an effort to show your love in the way that they want to receive it, your partner. Because just like with communication, we tend to give love in the way that we want to receive it. So as an example, let's say if quality time is something that's really important to me, I might naturally assume it's also important to everyone else in my life, and I would show my love that way, instead of maybe recognizing that someone actually prefers words of affirmation. So knowing that, I could adjust and make an effort to do that. So that really popular theory of love languages, it's a similar concept to our topic of communication here. You really can transform your relationships by just one, better understanding what people's preferences are, and then two, adjusting your communication to meet that. And as I mentioned earlier, in concept, it's actually not hard to do. It's simple to understand and to pick up on the tweaks that you have to make. What is hard for people is just remembering to do it. And I can't help you remember to do it. That will be the challenge for all of you after this episode. But what I can help you to do is to show you how to identify someone's style and then give you some tips on how you can adjust to meet that style. And that is what we're going to do for the rest of the episode. And so before I move specifically into how to navigate different, different rather communication styles, it's important to set the stage, so to speak, and understand each of the styles in general. 
So specifically how we're going to do that is by focusing in on the four personality types from the DISC assessment, which is such a fantastic and insightful personality assessment that is widely used in business and in the workplace just to better understand ourselves and other people. And so DISC is an acronym that makes up the four types. The D stands for dominant. The I stands for influencer or influence. The S stands for steady. And the C stands for conscientious. So as we dig into each of those four types, one thing I want you to keep in mind is that as humans, we exist on a spectrum. So some people will align very closely with just one type, which then, of course, is easy to identify. And then others may be a mixture of two, which is a bit more challenging. Typically, though, if someone is a mixture, they do tend to align more predominantly with one type and the other is kind of more secondary. And I say this because it's just not an exact science. You may have trouble bucketing someone into one type, but just do your best and try different methods of communication based upon the styles you identify and see what works. I would really recommend that after this podcast, you spend time brainstorming a list of people that you interact with the most at work and determine which style you think they align with, and then try the communication methods that we'll discuss. This just ensures that you're, of course, using what you've learned. But remember, you may need to try a few methods because people can be a mixture of more than one type. And so now that I've given you all a couple disclaimers, I want to take a few minutes to dig into what each of the four types look like. And the way that I'll present each type to you is by explaining both the positives or kind of strengths of each type and and then also the pitfalls or kind of areas of opportunity that these people tend to have. And the reason why I'm doing it that way is because I think it'll really help you identify who is what type. All right. So first up, we've got the D's, which stands for dominant. In other self-assessments, uh, these are sometimes these people are sometimes called a driver or a director, and dominants tend to be really decisive individuals. They are really results-oriented, sometimes competitive, so they love a good challenge, and they like to take risks. They really drive things forward in a company. They can sometimes be what others perceive as intense, but it's coming from a place of passion. So we often see that they are big picture thinkers, which is absolutely a positive, but then they may struggle on the other side with being detail oriented. We also see dominant people sometimes struggle with patience and being sensitive to other people's needs. They can sometimes bulldoze over people essentially on accident. So those are the D's. And then next up, we've got the I's, which again stands for influencer. So other assessments sometimes call this uh, type a socializer. Influencers are really friendly and positive people. They typically have really high emotional intelligence, which is no surprise as to why then that they're able to be influential. But they're very trusting and they thrive on personal relationships. They are the people who are friends with everyone. But influencers do tend to struggle with big picture or even long-term thinking, and they sometimes lack follow-through and can be procrastinators and disorganized. Moving on into our third group, which are the S's, which stands for steady. Sometimes they are referred to as a relator or a harmonizer in other assessments. 
Studies are really cooperative people. They are so loyal and they really value keeping the peace and harmony among everyone. They are typically a very calming force on a team and they keep everyone together. And they kind of relate to eyes in that way, in that they prioritize relationships over other things. Um, and I've heard sometimes in the past people kind of confuse the I's and the S's or think that they're or, or have trouble differentiating them. So one way that you can differentiate the influencers and the studies are that while both of them are really open to people more so than the other styles, um, the influencers, though, they are a bit more direct, which is why they can be persuasive and get people on board versus the studies, the S's are a little bit less direct, which kind of goes back to the whole harmonizing thing, wanting to keep the peace. So because of that, the studies, as you can imagine, they sometimes struggle with conflict and having hard conversations because they dislike anything that disrupts that desire for peace. And they can also sometimes struggle with change and may take a bit longer to adapt. Last up is the C's, which again stands for conscientious. So these people are sometimes bucketed as analyzers or thinkers and other assessments that exist out there. They really value competency and precision and building expertise in something. They are highly systematic. So while the D's, the dominants are big picture thinkers, the C's are really detail oriented. So kind of small picture, if you will. They tend to be really organized and manage their time well. They are also great to partner with when you want to talk about a new change, an update, or the idea of taking on a new risk. And that is because they're great at poking holes, um, really the holes that you need to develop a good plan. But similarly to the studies, because they're so systematic, they can struggle with adapting to the actual change when it happens. And because they value competency, so being really knowledgeable and building expertise in what it is that they do, they also value that in others when collaborating or partnering with someone. And so because of that, when they are around or working with someone who they feel like isn't competent, it can sometimes create tension or conflict because they might just have less patience dealing with that. So that was an overview of the four personality types that we are focusing in on. And then linked down below, actually, in the show notes of this episode is a graphic that illustrates all of this that you can utilize. Um, but as a, as a reminder, like I said earlier, some people may fall almost entirely in one style or they can be kind of a combination of two. So you'll have to do your best to make that distinction. But now that we've covered each type, I want to dig into specific ways you can effectively and successfully communicate with each type. These changes, these tweaks are truly what can improve your relationships. So highly encourage you to take some notes. All right. So starting back with the first personality type in the DISC acronym, the Ds, the dominants. As a reminder, they are just like the name suggests, a bit more of a dominating personality and communication style and are really results and action focused. They tend to live in that big picture thinking and not really in the weeds or the details. So knowing that, the best way to communicate with them is just by getting to the point. Don't give them unnecessary details or over-communicate or over-complicate what you're trying to say. Think about only what information is necessary for them to know and what isn't, and then skip that part. Speak with confidence and come prepared because they may challenge what you say or ask hard but good questions on the spot. And they're probably going to be fairly blunt, 
So do your best to match that energy and be as direct as possible in return. But remember to not take that bluntness personally. They are to the point people, so they're naturally that way. And if you practice meeting them there, it will really enhance your relationship. So next up are our influencers. As a reminder, these people are super relationship oriented. Um, they're like a people person. They are great collaborators, but we sometimes see them struggle with big picture thinking and following through on things. So knowing that, I've got a few key things you can do when trying to communicate with them. So first, because they're so relationship oriented, they will appreciate a bit of, let's call it small talk, which is kind of the opposite approach to our dominance. So before jumping into a request or something that you need or wanting to talk about, just ask them how they're doing and get to know them on a personal level. Ask them how their weekend was or how their kid's soccer game went. They appreciate that connection and it can set you up for successful communication on more serious work-related topics. And show your personality and your sense of humor too. And what is really helpful too, as I mentioned earlier, they sometimes struggle with details and follow through. So what can be helpful is to document requests or things that you need from them or that you want them to remember and send it immediately in a follow-up email. So whatever you talk about in person, Zoom, send a follow-up email. This will keep them on track and keep you top of mind for them. And lastly, I think with, with influencers, it's just important to stay more on the positive or optimistic side of things when you're communicating with them. Because they're drawn to more positive people, they will be drawn to that same energy in you, which again, will enhance your relationship. Now we move into our S's, the studies. So as a reminder, they like to keep the peace. They're also really reliable and consistent. They're happy to help other people. They don't like causing conflict and they really value getting encouragement and acknowledgement of their contributions. So keeping all of that in mind, I've got a few tips to communicating with them. So first, a great way to start off any conversation with a study is to give them a compliment or acknowledge a recent win or accomplishment that they've had. It just gives them a really good boost of confidence to know that you see their contributions. And next, because of that need for avoiding tension, it's actually really helpful to summarize back to them what they're saying or asking or sharing with you. This ensures that you're both on the same page, which is really helpful for studies so that they don't overthink if you misunderstood what they were saying or if it came across wrong. It helps them feel more comfortable and confident that they express themselves correctly. Related to that, I'd also make sure that you're thoughtful with how you handle hard conversations with them or the way in which you give them feedback. They like to avoid conflict, so just be intentional with how you approach the conversations to make them as comfortable as possible. And same with if you're asking them for feedback. Knowing that they like to keep the peace, it's important to reiterate that it's a safe space and that you value their honest input. All right, so... On to our last group here, which is the C's, which stands for conscientious. These individuals are our analyzers, critical thinkers, detail-oriented, process-driven. So when communicating with the C's, you want to give them all the details or information or facts that they'll need when sharing a request, an upcoming change, things like that. They might not have the most optimal reaction if you're vague and give them minimal information or you don't offer transparency which is understandable because, again, they're detail-oriented people to their core, so it can be frustrating to not provide them with that. 
They'll also probably ask questions for clarification. So just be prepared and spend time thinking through those potential questions before talking to them and just do your research. Because if something doesn't make sense to the C's, they'll say so. They're similar to the dominance in that way. It's also important to give them clear expectations and also just give them permission to think about what you've discussed and to come back to you later with additional questions or input. Because they're skilled at the whole poking holes in plans or identifying roadblocks, you can prime them at the beginning of a conversation by saying that you'd like their input, their feedback, their insight on whatever you're discussing. They'll feel like you're inviting them into the conversation and value their expertise and not that you're railroading them. And this, again, will do wonders for opening up communication lines. So with that, that is really it for today's episode. There is just so much more that we could have gone into and even more communication tips I could give for each type. Spoiler alert, I am going to try to put together a whole virtual training course on this topic. So if you'd be interested in attending that, please send me a chat or an email so I can gauge that interest level and make it happen. But like I suggested at the beginning of the episode, take a few minutes right now and make a list of like the top five people you interact with the most on a day-to-day basis at work. Which of the four types do you feel like they most align with? And write that down. And remember that someone can be a mixture of a couple. So you've got to be patient and play around with a few different things. And remember too, that one style is not better than the others. Just because someone is a dominant doesn't mean that they automatically lack emotional intelligence or Just because someone is conscientious doesn't mean that they're not flexible. Um, So remember that. And then once you can approximately identify their style, decide which communication tips they outlined, you can test out on them and see what happens. Are they more engaged? Is there better understanding between both of you? Are you getting what you need from them and feeling a bit more influential? Because that's the goal, right? Stronger communication is what builds relationships, which is the key to being influential. And influence is something that we all need to do our jobs effectively, not just those in leadership. But it starts with you and making that commitment to trying new things that may be uncomfortable, but who knows, could really end up making all the difference. So with that, I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of How's We Manage. And as always, look forward to talking to you next time. For now, have a great week.